What is up, everybody? Good morning. Today is Monday, November 1st, and the Jets plus 10.5 was the best call I made yesterday all day. What's going on, fellas? Uh, we got Sal back in the building from yesterday morning. Sal, how you doing, my man? I'm doing great. I am very excited to be here again. Great day yesterday. I'm very pumped. <laughs> uh I, I don't know if it was yesterday or I think it was yesterday though. You got a Nets jersey on. Uh, did KD get ejected yesterday? He did get ejected. Yeah, um, he, uh, KD. He got, screened, he got screened by Kelly Olynyk and gave him a little shove. Should have been a tech, but I guess I'm, I'm, all, I'm all on Team KD now. I hate Kelly Olynyk after he hurt Kevin Love in the playoffs. One of the funniest stories I have. Um, when I worked, uh, Tom, you know about this. When I worked in Alaska, uh, I was a fishing guide, and we had a guy like so. Kelly Olynyk hurt Kevin Love's arm in the playoffs with the Cavs Celtics a couple of years back, and then that's su- and then two summers later, I went up to work in Alaska at a fishing lodge, and I was a fishing guide. And one of the other fishing guides was a guy from Gonzaga who had roomed because he was a rower. He had roomed with Olynyk. Um, and so we got drunk as shit one night in Alaska, and I left a very angry, very mean, probably threatening voicemail for Kelly Olynyk. So <laughs> he never called me back, but uh, he definitely heard about it, though. So well, one of my better stories about uh, my time up in the Alaskan frontier. Um, Tom, what's up, man? Not much, man. My apartment's cold, like very, very cold. So I threw on a jacket with my hoodie on today. So I'm looking like a whole bum, but it's fine. I was I was 100% with you. Like after yesterday here, it was like, it was probably like upper 30s and like raining. And I was like, I'm fully ready for this. Like take me to fall weather. I'm down for wearing sweatpants and sweatshirts for the next six yep. months. Like my dream. And then like today it's like 55 and sunny out. I'm like, this is what, what's going on? Come on. What's going on, man? Uh, all right. Uh, we obviously had a lot of uh, football yesterday. Um, me and Tom are kind of talking about a lot of confusing football. It's uh, it, it's really hard to see like what's going on in the NFL right now because it seems like at week by week now we're just changing the narrative on everything. Um, but – it was a good game yesterday. Um, uh, I, I I will update my fantasy team. My pirate team won again. Um, Sal, I know I was going to tell you about my roster. Um, I'll, maybe I'll tell you the full, my full roster at the end. Uh, but now my three fantasy quarterbacks are Matt Stafford, Justin Herbert, and Kyler Murray. Um, so that was a big win. And uh, me and Tom got our first Dynasty League win yesterday. Um, yes, sir. I don't know how... Uh, I think Tom, I think we're going to come back and like shock some people next year because we should have Dobbins back. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think we'll be okay. Uh, Montgomery next year. will be back. Kittle yeah, hopefully I, will be healthy. We got Jerry yeah. Judy back this week, which was nice. We got crushed with injuries early, especially to our running backs. But uh, I think we'll be back stronger next year. Uh, Sal, how'd your fantasy team do yesterday? <laughs> Did you lose to the Bill guy? No. Ladies and oh, okay, gentlemen, good. the real MVP of the day is Michael Carter. Yes, we love oh, Michael Carter. Did. We love Michael Carter for this week because he got 32 fantasy points, and I have a 99% chance of winning. That is awesome. Screw you, Bilson20. Uh, I think I'm just going to – Oh, Bilson09, whatever. Um, 
<laughs> whatever his name is uh i think we're just gonna make a point we're gonna update every monday we're just gonna update this guy's record what's his record now tom um uh he only has six. one win so one he has one six. win so this is now the guy who's not trades um all that are terrible and we just all we all around just uh you know he's a weird guy so he's one, <laughs> got one win yeah, he's got one win. Um, so he's got as many as me and Tom have in our dynasty league, which is pretty sad because our dynasty league has been crushed by injuries. It has been um, crushed by injuries. But before we get into the NFL uh, slate from yesterday, which we always do, you know, we'll go through every game. Um, but we have some new segments today. And also, as an official cricket podcast, uh, I think we need to update everyone that one of the biggest cricket competitions in the world is going on right now. Um, it is called the Cricket T20 World Cup. Um, so it means I, – I don't really know what it means. Um, it differs from regular cricket. Don't know how, um, but the laws of 2020 cricket essentially follow these traditional one-day 40 and 50 over cricket matches – in 2020 cricket, each team is allowed one innings to try and score as many runs as they can within a period of 20 overs, 120 balls. So the obvious question then comes to mind is T20 cricket killing the real cricket in the love of the game? Well, I don't know the answer to that, um, but many people are claiming that it's killing the actual sport of cricket. Huge controversy, obviously. Um, we take the winning side. Um, whoever is the better and the superior version of cricket, we side with them. Um, but just a quick update on the, the tournament standings. Um, it started October 17th. Um, there's two groups in group one. In first place is England. Okay, good job, England. Maybe they... Uh, maybe it is coming home after they lost uh, the, uh, the Euro this summer, but maybe the cricket bat is coming home. Um, South Africa is in second at two and one. Australian third at two and one. Sri Lanka fourth, one and two. The West Indies fifth, one and two. And Bangladesh, they they got no chance. They're zero and three. Um, in Group Two, uh, one of the, I mean, got to give a shout out to uh, Pakistan and Afghanistan. There's some pretty messed up stuff going over there and. Uh, those cricket players are playing through it. They are in first and second in group two. Um, uh, in third place is uh, New Zealand. In fourth place is, I honestly thought this was a place in Narnia. Uh, I don't know what this place is. Namibia, never heard of it. Um, India's I fifth and then, and then Scotland is sixth. Um, that's kind of sucks for Scotland, but I don't really think of Scottish guys as cricket players. Um, whatever. Uh, so we'll keep you guys updated. Um, I, just a great, great tournament. Everyone knows I love the World Cup in soccer. I love the World Cup in cricket. I think I'm going to find a channel and maybe actually try and watch one of these games at some point in my life. Um, okay. Trivia. Uh, Tom, I have to ask you every time now because I've done this many times. Are the answers on your outline? Um, no. Okay. Uh, two fairly easy questions. Um, you get it right if you just answer this question. Uh, who was the youngest Heisman Trophy winner and who was the oldest Heisman Trophy winner? Um, they've all been within the last 20 years. Or, yeah, 21, 20, like 25 years. Um, and what years did they happen, if you know? Um, but who was the youngest, who was the oldest? 
I want to say like maybe Tim Tebow was the youngest. I feel like that he's close if it's not him. All right, I'm going to say you're way off there because you have to remember now that kids are coming into college like as we've gotten to the 2020s and 2021, oh, they go okay. into college at like 17 now at some point. So okay. I like where your mind was, but that's incorrect. Do you have a guess for the oldest? Um, I really don't. I'm just okay. Mm. Sal, any idea? Sam Bradford is my guess. Um, honestly, I know most of the Heisman Trophy winners as of recently. All right, one so, of them was in the last five years. Five years. Oh well, then can I re-guess? <laughs> yes, of course. This isn't right. like I'm not keeping score, guys. Okay. Uh, the oldest was probably Joe Burrow because you wanted. Okay, think- it's not. It, once again, thinking wrong, way wrong thinking. Not so. You're just wrong on the oldest. Do you have the youngest? Another guess or no? Who? The Baker Mayfield won it. He did, but he's close. That's you have the right kind of thinking, but you're wrong there. Uh, I'll give you guys each one more guess. If you want to guess either one. Three. I'm just gonna start naming Heisman winners. Kyler Murray two, is probably the youngest. One zero. Okay, youngest. Uh, Lamar Jackson in 2016. Really? Um, I believe he was had just turned 19, so he was. Uh, I think he was a either a sophomore or a redshirt freshman. Uh, and the oldest, um, oddly enough, Chris Winkie in 2000. Can you guess how uh, old he was? 27. Like this is almost not fair in a way. 27. 28. Damn it. 28 <laughs> when he won the Heisman. <laughs> So I, I don't even know how that happens. Maybe he went pro in baseball. It's the only thing I can imagine, but still weird. Um, all right. So uh, we're going to do these videos, the two video clips I have at the end of the show, if we have time, because I think we need to get into the NFL. Um, all right. We're just going to start off. You guys had the better day than I did. Um, and we kind of, I think it's better that we just get both of our teams out of the way first. So we don't have to like, I don't have to dwell on the Browns for uh, forever. Um, but you guys had the better day yesterday. Uh, oh, the Jets sh- uh, shock everyone, uh, beat the Bengals. Um, I, I, I kind of called it. I said plus 10 and a half. I didn't really think they'd win, but um, I don't know. Whoever wants to go first, fill me in. What happened? Go ahead, Sal. So we were. The thing is, we were able to compete. Like, it, it wasn't like... Oh, really? Like, no, we were able to actually compete during the game. And it was very, very, very shocking. Like, our defense... Like, our secondary played decently well. Like, we didn't let up many bombs. Like, Burrow bombs. We let up one to T. Higgins in, like, the third quarter, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, and, I saw that, one. that was a nice catch. Um, and honestly, Mike White had the game of his life. Three touchdowns, two interceptions, which didn't really matter in the first half. But, like, he got hurt and then came back in the game. Like, he was down for a good amount of time, and then he came back into the game, which is kind of legendary because Josh Johnson had his little run at quarterback, his little veteran run, and then he came back and – Scored a touchdown, get a two-point conversion, and rest is history. 
All right. Yeah. All right. Mike um, White is the first Jets quarterback since 2000 to put up 400 or more passing yards. I was going to say, that's got to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who, who's the last one? I want to say it was like Pennington, if anything. Yeah. But I, I don't even. 2000 yeah. sounds like Pennington. So I would assume yeah, him. Um, but, but Mike White single-handedly may have just like affirmed himself as a, as a starting option for teams going forward. I'm not saying for the jets because they have Zach Wilson, obviously, but I think that he has just completed his, his goal of becoming at least a backup for the jets for the next couple of years. Uh, if not a starter, I, I mean, if, if you're Mike White, like you got to go into that game as if like, like, oh, like, no, like, I'm not playing to win. Like, I'm playing for this to be a career for me. Like, if mm-hmm. I have one good game here, I can get another two contracts as a backup or third stringer just from this one game. And because we've seen it happen in the NFL all the time. So he did exactly what he needed to do. You're going to keep hearing his name for the next two to three years. And he'll probably, even though if he was a small, really recruited guy, I think he – I can't remember where he went to college. A small town guy, but like after he's gonna have four, five, six years in the NFL, and he's gonna be a millionaire, and he's gonna probably a lot of those guys do the right thing. They they're smart with it. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I I always like this kind of story when it happens because I mean, Mike White, Mike uh, White is kind of set for the rest of his life. Um, he was out of the University of South Florida and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky is where he officially came out of, but he transferred from the University of South Florida to Western Kentucky before draft time. Yeah, he was the MVP of the Boca Raton um, mm-hmm. Ponzi Scheme Awareness Bowl, which was the Barstool oh. Bowl um, <laughs> in 2016. <laughs> so, uh, Sal, you talked about Michael Carter. I'm looking at the stats here. I mean, honestly, it looks like he, I mean, he was 72 all purpose yards and a touchdown. That's like, I would say the. Go ahead. He was very consistent, like with like around like the eight point mark throughout the whole season. And then this is his coming out game pretty much. And he couldn't have done it at a better time. And personally for me, he couldn't have done it at a better week. (laughs) Yeah. So Justin, I told you after the show that, you know, Oh, I don't want to go to this Colts jets game on Thursday night. It's Mike white. Um, I'm currently in the process of finding as many people to go as possible to go see the young goat himself. Uh, you absolutely should. I mean, you're right in Indianapolis, right? Yeah. Uh, stadium's like 20 minutes. Oh yeah. I mean, that, that I, I gotta tell you though. I mean, that, that was, that's going to be not an easy ticket to come by. The, I mean, we'll get to the Colts in a little bit, but I mean, the Colts look kind of good. Like I thought for sure that, you know, we might as well talk about the Colts. We're already moved on to it. I am being like, I hate Carson Wentz so much. I am being roped back in by him though. Like he is mm-hmm. once again, turning my head That's to be good, like, man. okay. Like this guy has like maybe not MVP numbers and quality <laughs> play quite yet, but he kind of looks like what he did that really good year with the Eagles. Yeah. Um, he's running around, picking up first downs with his legs, man. Uh, the, I know I'm going to jump the gun and I'm sorry I cut you off, but I just, I, I am so frustrated because like the Colts being a hometown team, like I do watch them a lot. So I have come to like, kind of like the Colts a little bit that pick six at the end of the freaking game, man, that was probably the dumbest interception we saw all day. 
And we saw Tua. I think Tua threw another pick. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, oh yeah. my god, man, it was just it was brutal. Yeah. Um I, I we we should say uh probably the biggest news to come out since yesterday uh just came out a little bit maybe 20 25 minutes before we came on air here. Um mm-hmm. It looks like Derek uh, Henry is going to be out for about, you said, Tom, eight weeks. Um, I think they're going to play it by the schedule. Um, I think he has a fractured uh, seasoning foot injury. Um, So I think they're going to play it by schedule. Like, uh, Sal, I know I I was talking to Tom. I was like, Derek Henry's like, obviously, he's like a metahuman, basically. So if he's got an eight-week timetable, you you think if he really has to get back, he could probably get back in six. But and then I think they're gonna play the schedule. Whereas if they need him back, they're gonna rush him back. But if they're you know kind of in decent and getting this win yesterday was huge for them, I think going forward because I think uh, I mean they obviously have a head up in the division. Um, I don't know. So what, what did you think from the Colts uh, Titans game yesterday? Honestly, like it was very it was like a rivalry game, uh, like very competitive as like I expected it to like a lot of the superstars just came out and played their thing. And, oh, um, put like, time out. Uh, I think we need golf clap for Sal here. Michael Pittman right on par, buddy, oh, right yeah. on par. Uh, I saw him score the first touchdown. And I was like, all right, Sal got it. And then I, he had a big game. Um, yeah. I, and the thing that I think is really cool with uh, the Colt, uh, with the Colts and um, the Titans is like both of them are going to make the playoffs. They're going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. because the they have literally they have two of the best teams in the AFC, and then they have the two worst teams in the NFL in their division. So um, this coming like this going forward and being rivalry. Cause I, I gotta tell you guys, I, 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 the outlook on the Jaguars and the, um, uh, Jaguars in the Texans next year, I don't think it's that all that much better for them. So get, getting this kind of established as a early, like a conference rivalry game. That's going to be hopefully close in the years to come. Like I, that kind of gets me jacked up, which is like, I, which is awesome. Uh, it, which also uh, screw the NFL, obviously scheduling now. But like the the we have these two. Like we saw an awesome game yesterday. That should be the first in like two games. They already played once this year, so they're done now. They've already played twice. Um, but I forgot. Yeah, Sal, uh, so you were right on with Michael Pittman. Like I said, that was huge. And like I said, yeah, Carson Wentz is just he's roped me back in. I don't. I don't know how he's done it. I don't know why he's done it, but he just knows that he he can tease me and play with me, and I'll always come back to him crawling. Um, yeah, honestly, as much as he like needed time to warm up, like they had a rough start, but like now he's starting to get back into that groove that he was back in his MVP season. So yeah, honestly, and- I'm excited. I'm excited for all those dudes out there, especially Tom, Michael Pittman. I love. I've loved him since he was from Notre Dame. I've kept up with his career since he was drafted. If you want to talk about like two positions that, uh, well, uh, one position in being Notre Dame wide receivers now that are coming out. I mean, Claypool and Pittman in the next two years could be probably two top 15 receivers if all goes according to plan for them. And then, uh, I mean, you do kind of, but you don't think of Notre Dame with receivers. But then I was gonna say the other the other one is offensive linemen, uh, which they're known for now. But 
Um, yeah, uh, it, it was. It, that's awesome to see that going on down there. Like I said, it sucks. It's over for the season now. Um, but those two got to be pretty happy because now they know they have what each have four more wins if they haven't played the Texans or um, uh, Jaguars yet. So. Yeah, but uh, definitely good, good first couple games. So uh, we might as well get into the Browns and the Steelers. Uh, I uh, golf clap to both of you, uh, Pat Fryermuth. Golf clap to both of you. Yes, um, sir. <laughs> uh, it, it was so it was so it was so fucked up because. <laughs> I, I I don't really follow Barcelona that much, but I was watching their live. Uh, they, they do their like at the gambling house to do their live thing, and the, one of their major bets was Friar Muth. Uh, like a touchdown was like plus three hundred or something, and they really? were all cheering for it. And I just basically pictured you two fuckers just like cheering <laughs> for a fucking Friar Muth there. I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" And then, not, um, go ahead. not only no, do you're... we pick him for the show, but each of us started him in one of our leagues. You guys are right. You guys are right. I'll give you credit for that. Um, the Steelers, I, I, if you're a Steelers fan, you're happy you won yesterday, but they didn't look good. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not going to get too down on the Browns. I'm, I'm not very high on it. It's just, it really sucks when you look into it that we've, that the Browns have built for like, this was the year, like this was the year like Baker was supposed to make his big leap this year. Uh, OBJ and Jarvis were going to be on the field a lot at the same time. They were going to be awesome this year. That offensive line is still really good, but when you're missing one offensive line starter and it's a right tackle, clearly makes a difference. Um, the defense played pretty well yesterday. Um, but, yeah, I I know I talked about it before the game. I didn't want to hear about Baker making excuses because he was injured. I don't think he made excuses. I mean, once the game is over, I didn't watch any post-game stuff. I don't think he made any excuses, but the point in the fact of the matter, he shouldn't have played yesterday. They probably win the game if Case Keenum plays yesterday because they probably just run the ball. And even though it didn't look like it was working, at some point Nick Chubb is going to wear down the defense. Um, and the defense, the defense when they're playing well is one of the best defenses in the NFL. Just, I mean, with the guys that they have, but they're not always playing that well. And – yeah, like I, I, I gotta say, I, I it, if the Browns end up like I don't know what, what are they what uh, four and four, four and four, four and five now. If they end up six and eleven, I wouldn't be shocked. And if they go on now and win like seven straight, I wouldn't be shocked either. So I don't well, know. I, I go ahead. I was gonna say one thing that we didn't get to when we were handing out golf claps. Give it a little golf clap there to Justin with Dearness Johnson getting a score, and uh, Sal, you can. Go be a bum somewhere else for having him in your. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, I, the, I, it is crazy how the Browns have. Uh, I, I mean, I do think Dearness Johnson. I, I don't think he's probably as good as Kareem Hunt. I think he's could be a number one back on a lot of teams. I do, uh, especially because he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Um, and it's just crazy that the Browns have three of those guys and they still can't win. But. <clears throat> Like I said, I'm not that excited for the rest of the season, uh, but I'm pretty in on college football, which we'll get to in a little bit. But yeah, and you know, it's football. It happens. I don't really like football that much, anyways. I cheer for soccer more. Um, all right. Uh, now to another, I guess, um, ex-Jets player. Let's go to 
The Panthers at the Falcons. Um, oh, that was an ugly game, man. Yeah. I, I, I'll give it to Sam Darnold. You know what? I'm not going to give it to him. I guess, you know what? By default, he doesn't lose his job this week um, just because they won. Um, but I got to tell you. He got hurt, though. P.J. Walker stepped in late game. For a play. Was it a play? It was a play. Oh. Yeah, it, it, he was 0 for 1 passing the ball. I, I mean, Sam Donald, I mean, this is – I mean – this is like an army quarterback in college stat line, like thirteen to twenty-four for one hundred twenty-nine yards, five no touchdowns, no interceptions, no touchdowns, no interceptions, <laughs> um, average of five point four. Um, wow, that's just uh, that's bad. Uh, Chuba Hubbard, not good average, but uh, they're going to keep giving him the ball. So, uh, Tom, you're kind of right there. They're just, I mean, they're going to keep giving him the ball. They have to. They don't have a choice. Um, mm-hmm. He ran 24 times. He, he ran as much yeah. as Sam Darnold threw the ball. Yeah, uh, which is, I, I got to tell you, I, I like that strategy for the Panthers going forward better than uh, Darnold throwing the ball 40 times. Um, uh, Sal, I, I don't know. You looked pretty interested. What did you? What do you? What, what, what do you? What are your thoughts on this game? Um, I honestly am very shocked of how little the the Panthers threw the ball, just because like. DJ DJ Moore only had fifty nine. Well, fifty nine yards isn't bad, but honestly, with with the way Robbie Anderson has been like the last couple of weeks, I am not shocked. He didn't even have any yards. Total yeah, he talking, didn't. He, only had he didn't even yards. have a catch. Did anybody else see that play where he got absolutely yeah rocked by that one corner? Yeah. Oh um. So funny. yeah. Uh. Well, I, I also, I like I also just I want to point out real quick, DJ Moore's 60 yards is like essentially half of Sam Darnold's passing yards. So he was like half the offense or a quarter of the offense if you think about it. Yeah, so, and, and he should be. DJ Moore's a good young player. I mean, mm-hmm. it's it's understated and it's not really like that big of a deal, but it becomes kind of a big deal when you have a guy like Sam Darnold Robbie Anderson's got to get more than one target in a game. Like you got to get open, man. What are you doing? Like you got to get open at some point. Um, Yeah. Ugly, ugly game. Uh, Credit the Panthers for coming out with a win. Um, On the flip side of the ball real quick, Mike Davis may have just kept himself fantasy relevant for putting up 11 points this week. Um, I had him as my stick. And of course, he has his best game of the season. Not that eleven is a great game, but he ran for the team high forty-four yards, and then also caught five passes for another twenty-two yards. Yeah. Cordell Patterson had the same amount of catches, a couple more yards here or there. But I mean, I still am fading Mike Davis in in every facet of of the fantasy game because this this was just an outlier, I would assume. Yeah, and. Uh, I, I think we got it at the very end of uh, yesterday's show, or maybe we didn't. I don't know. Kelvin Ridley is going to be stepping away for a while. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, mental issues. Uh, you need help. Go out, get help. It's not. It's okay to not be okay, whatever. Um, so, I, and I know, Sal, you kind of brought it up before the game too. Like, and I, I was with you. I mean, I have Kyle Pitts in a lot. Like, Yeah, where is he? Yeah. 
He's I don't know. Very, very I don't know if it's that they're not trying to get him the ball because you do have six targets, or if they're just not getting the ball to him creatively enough. Uh, like I feel like he should be the focal point of that offense, especially mm-hmm. with Ridley gone. He should be the focal point. Like I say, you split him out. Why? I say. I mean, might as well see what he can. Like might as well. Like this is a lost season. Might as well see like everything that he can do. Um, like as like as we saw in like the first couple weeks, he honestly did not do much because he honestly wasn't targeted enough. And then when he was targeted enough, that's when they did good in games. And obviously, they lost to a Panthers team that has a bad court. The quarterback the only threw twenty four times, which is not good. But at least Cord at least Cordell Patterson did good. Did he? He was it okay? Uh, I mean, unless anyone has anything else to say about this game, I'm thinking I'm just yeah, going to move on to this. Yeah, I, we're I taking too looking, much time. I keep on looking this game. at this box score, and I'm just like, why are we <laughs> even still talking about this? Like this, like no one did anything good in this game. <laughs> Not at all. Yeah, um, that was the most mediocre game I think I've seen in a while. Yeah, I guess I didn't even, like. I honestly just opened up the box score for the first time, and I was like. This is what uh, this is probably like had to be the worst game to watch all year. Um, <laughs> and I think we get it one more time. I think that they, they still play another time because they're in division. Christ. Wow. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, Tom, we'll move on to, I guess, your second favorite team uh, the Bills and the Dolphins. Um, oh, my God, man. What was that in the first half from Buffalo, man? It was three I, to three at halftime. Was it? I see. Like, if it was at one o'clock, like I don't, I just don't pay attention to other scores. And at halftime, I usually, well, especially if the Browns play, like they are just, you know, go outside and just roll around in the grass and ch- try and catch fire. But um, <laughs> uh, yeah, go on. I, I have no idea what happened in this game. I did see Josh Allen's, Josh Allen's like sweet, like forty-five yard run. Yeah, that was nasty, dude. That was so nice. Anyway, I, I, uh, I, I, one thing before you get into it about that, like. I know, and like for once, Josh Allen did the smart thing, and he got down, and he was smart about it. I gotta say, I wanted him to run over some people. I, like he was in the Dude. perfect spot to just run over a corner, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Come on!" But I gotta give him credit because that was because he has those plays where he's just like mashing the buttons, like we talk about, and he didn't do it there. So you gotta give him credit. But uh, yeah, go ahead. I didn't, I didn't see much of this game. I mean, I just I don't understand what was happening. It was three to three at halftime. Like the Buffalo, the past three weeks before the bye, were putting up 40, 40 points, thirty five points a game, and they got held to three at half. Then they came out the second half. They had uh, what is that twenty three points? I guess the rest of the game. Um, Tua looked atrocious. I'm pretty sure. Uh, actually, not as bad as I thought. He went 21 for 39, uh, 205 with an interception, no touchdown. So that's a little brutal um, on the back end of that stat line. Um, rest of the Miami players, Miles Gaskin led the team with 36 rushing yards. Um, it's safe to say that they are not a rushing team. They're going to try and go through the air. Uh, but even that, Devontae Parker, uh, 85 yards. Mike Gusecki, 48 yards. Jalen Waddell was held to four catches, 29 yards. That's brutal for them. They need to be getting him more involved. Um, and on the Bills' side of the ball, 
Cole Beasley went 0 for 1 passing. I know everyone was worried about that. Uh, <laughs> um, Josh Allen, 29 for 42 yard, uh, for 42 on his attempts and completions for 250 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, he also led the team in rushing with 55 yards, most of which came on that one play that Justin referred to. Um, and he also had a rushing touchdown. So, um, what was really interesting to me is out of those 29 completions and 250 yards, 10 receptions and 10, 110 yards for Cole Beasley. Um, Stefan Diggs salvaged the day with five uh, receptions for 40 yards and one touchdown. Uh, Gabriel Davis had four catches for 29 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Zach Moss, for some reason, had six catches, which was more than Stefan Diggs. Uh, <laughs> like I said, this is just a really weird week in the NFL in general, and the stat lines are not an exception from that. So I'm going to need you probably to look this up because I don't know it off track, and I may be wrong, but I think I'm kind of mm-hmm. right. What's Stephon Diggs playing at this year? Is he <laughs> wide receiver? Is he top five? Wide receiver for fantasy, you're saying? Yeah. Right. He's not. I, I know for – I don't even need to look. I know he's not. So um, uh, he is I think currently he's wide been, receiver 23. He's been okay, so I, I was on the right track. That he's been very disappointing this year. Yes, um, and I don't know if it's more of them like actually having players like Emmanuel Sanders and Gabriel Davis around him. Um, but it's if if the Bills can play like that and Stephon Diggs only gets five catches and like for forty yards has a touchdown like. Obviously, we saw Josh Allen get to, and this is obviously in the future. But you, I mean, with all the young players and things around, you kind of have to talk about it. Obviously, Josh Allen's a guy that I mean, he yeah, you gave him the contract extension. He's got a lot. You got a lot of money wrapped up in him. Mm-hmm. I think that be that it, for me, then that digs then because I mean, the, the, like in the next couple of years, or maybe even next year, or the year after, Diggs becomes expendable. I think because how how good Josh Allen is. Uh, granted, I think they would have to probably either draft a receiver, not necessarily like in the first round, but you know, an early ish receiver to hopefully come in and fill. And obviously it would have to work out, but yeah, it's just crazy that I feel like a lot of the story last year was Stefan Diggs was so good and Josh Allen was getting there. And now it's like Josh Allen's really, really damn good. And he might not need Stefan Diggs. So yeah, I would I would say last year while Josh was developing a little bit, he was forcing it to Stephon Diggs like we see a lot of the young guys do when they have a stud receiver like that. And Baker. At, <laughs> Baker. Uh, and now that he's a little more developed and he is of that superstar level that I would debate anyone on, um, he's moving the ball around. You know, we talk about we talked about Aaron Rodgers earlier this year about how he doesn't just force it to Devontae Adams. He's showing that he needs to be able to throw the ball to anyone. Josh Allen is going out there and just throwing it to whoever's open, not really caring who's who. I don't remember this conversation that we had with Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, but I don't know what I said, but he does force the ball to Devontae Adams. Devontae Adams has 36 more receptions than the second leading receiver on the uh, I mean, match. I think that's because he just gets open and they run like uh, shorter agree, stuff. So, yeah. No, I, I, I actually agree. I don't think he forces it to him. I think he's honestly just open. Um, yeah. <laughs> but if you, if someone were to hear that, like in this podcast and go look at the stats, they'd be like, okay, those guys are idiots. No, he, I think he's a, just a really good receiver that gets open and is 
by far and away the best target on that team. But go yeah. on, Tom. Sorry. Well, and like Sal, we see him twice a year, and you know I've been a big Josh guy for a while now. Am I wrong in saying that he's just deciding to move the ball around? No, not at all. Like, we've seen in the past that, like, as much as Devin Singletary and Zach Moss are good running backs most of the time. They just, yeah, okay. They just, like, they, <laughs> like, like most, of, most of the time. They just – most of the time. They They're just, passable. Just keep going. They're passable. They just haven't – they just haven't had those big games. Just Josh Allen has just been moving the ball this whole time. And literally Stephon Diggs. Cole Beasley is that reliable option that he was in Dallas a while back. Stephon Diggs, like last year he was a super stud, but this year he's just calmed it down a little bit because Josh Allen is like he's starting to become his own guy, move the ball to everybody that he trusts including Gabriel Davis, which I don't really know much about, but, like, he's, he's been good. Like very – He's going to be good. Obviously. He, he, he kind of fits, like, a Michael Pittman mold for me a little bit. I kind of – I see that. Um, ah, for, for, Oh, uh, quick thing about Cole Beasley. Obviously, he had the whole thing with the vaccination and thing. Every, I, it's just so funny when these guys – he has, like, his first good game of the season, and then, like, his first comments after the game was – yeah, my after I decided to go silent on Twitter this last week, I finally had a good game. <laughs> like, all right, dude, whatever. Um, so I guess I'm I'm gonna answer the question to you, me, and I I I am probably biased, um, but I think I would still take Kyler Murray like, over anyone in the NFL right now, quarterback. I think. If you're talking about like this year, just this year, I think Aaron Rodgers is probably second and then Josh Allen. But I think I think most people would probably put if you're building a team right now, I think most people would put uh Josh Allen rather than Kyler Murray like me. But I think most people would judge put Josh Allen. What do you guys think? Just honestly, like Kyler Murray does have probably the one of the greatest receivers in the NFL in the last few years. Just like I, I'm just gonna pause you here, Sal. This is uh my podcast. Kyler Murray is my favorite player, so any slander about Kyler Murray, uh, you will find yourself kicked off of this podcast. Very I'm not quickly. saying I'm not saying he's bad. I'm just saying that you're on thin ice, buddy. Murray to DeAndre Hopkins sounds a little bit like if if. Josh Allen was thrown to DeAndre Hopkins. Just like, I feel like that'd be more of a. I mean, he has Stephon Diggs, who led the league in receptions and yardage last year. No, but you're right in the fact that DeAndre Hopkins, I almost look at that, like, I almost get, like, uh, get Josh Allen out of that picture because it doesn't equate to me. It's more of like Kyler Murray and Aaron Rodgers have the two best and the two most physical, probably, receivers, maybe other than Mike Evans in the NFL in Devonte Adams and DeAndre Hopkins. So I, I, I kind of relate those two more than the other one, because I do think Stefan Diggs is just, he's, he's very, 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 very good. But, and I, for whatever reason, Tom, you've been, we've been doing this forever. Like I just don't like like we had this problem with Devonta Smith, the skinny receivers. Like you see guys like DeAndre Hopkins and Devonta Adams more. So they're just built and they're physical. And then you see a guy like Stephon Diggs that I feel like 
if you like, I feel like if Tredavious White, who's the more physical of the young corners than Jair Alexander, in my opinion, like I think Tredavious White would lock down Stephon Diggs, whereas I don't think he would the other two. But uh, that's just my opinion. But I, go ahead, Sal, if you have anything else to say. But yeah, like, go ahead. No, I mean honestly, Emmanuel Sanders is that veteran guy that he also needed. Who's like. Who's starting like like Tom's saying? He's starting to have a resurgence. You you put him as the sleep as your sleeper, right? Yeah, he didn't get a catch this week. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah, it's all right. Neither did Khalif Raymond, but for, <laughs> so we're throwing we're it all, out. <laughs> throwing it out. Um, yeah, and uh, well, obviously we'll move on to the next game, but well, I I, I want to just real quick answer the question that you had posed, like. I understand Kyler Murray is probably the top three, top five for me if you're restarting the NFL. But I saw a – I forget exactly who it was. I always forget his name. Uh, I, I just – remember what I just said to Sal, okay? This is my podcast. I know. I'm just saying. I personally, I think – I would like our podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would personally rather have Josh Allen, and we know this. I'm a little biased. I think I'd also rather have Justin Herbert because he just has the feel about him, and I know we're going to talk about him in a little bit. Um, that was brutal loss for them, but um, he's just he's one of those guys where like it's not really his fault when they lose because he's he's playing really well. You know, no, what I mean? no. the mm, we, we'll talk about that in a bit too. But I think those are the only two guys I have over Kelly Murray. No, and that's one hundred percent. You're one hundred percent right. I'm, I like, I'm the outsider guy. Like, if I'm running an NFL offense, I'm running the air raid. Like, I'm throwing the ball seventy times a game. So yeah. that's why I like Kyler Murray. Um, but no, I, I, I think that most people would probably agree with you too. That uh, I mean, I think if you had to rank the best quarterbacks in the NFL right now, like how they're playing, I think it would probably be Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, Justin Herbert, Kyler Murray. Even though Justin Herbert isn't like hasn't looked good, but like you said, we'll talk about it. Yeah, he had a terrible game, especially fantasy wise this week. Yeah, I I always get the you know what, let's go to that game. Um, I I don't know why I when we start talking about games and then I'm like oh well we'll get to that later and then I just keep talking about it. I don't know why. Uh, the Pats Chargers. Uh, that was just oddly enough, I feel like I did see this one coming. Not necessarily the bad <laughs> game for the Chargers, but. Uh, Oh, and I don't know if you noticed it. I Tom, I don't know if you did as, as much. I I look for it, so I notice it. the The Patriots fans that are now claiming Mac Jones is the reincarnation of Tom Brady. Yeah, I it, it I need the Patriots to get their ass whooped soon. I need it to happen. Sal, um, you're but, surrounded by Patriot fans. I am. Give us some insight. So honestly, they a lot of the Patriots fans are a lot of the Patriots fans around here mostly wear the Tom Brady jerseys on Sundays, which is not shocking. Whenever I talk to them, they're like, "Oh yeah, we have a rookie quarterback." I'm like, "Yeah." I mean, most of them are usually like the people who are like Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, but like now it's Mac Jones. It's that new era. So people aren't starting to pay. People are now starting to pay attention because the Patriots are starting to have that little run. 
if you know what I mean. Like Mac yeah. Jones is starting to come into his own. Like belt, like he has a lot of those reliable options. Of like, and he has the run game as well. So I believe that like I'm gonna be hearing about him for fortunately two more years. I. I'll give Mac Jones credit. He played a pretty damn good game yesterday. Um, I will say the reincarnation of Tom Brady thing is crazy. And I will also say you're 100% right in the the fact that Patriots fans, had Mac Jones sucked this year, Patriots fans would have just been like, oh, I didn't even know we played this year. Oh, great. We sucked. We get a first round. We get a top 10 pick or whatever. So, And I just can't take that. Um, But, yeah, Mac Jones looked good yesterday. But I also think it's the fact that, Bill Belichick is just a really, really damn good football coach. And I think every week he's like, honestly, I think it's this slowly, like every week he opens up like one more page of the playbook to Mac Jones. So he looks a little bit better than the last week. So, I mean, congrats to him. Um, Yeah, I mean, I did, I kind of, like I said, I kind of saw this one coming. I don't know, Tom, you can take it from here. Yeah, I mean, I watched a lot of that game because I just had Red Zone on, um, and they were following that game pretty closely. Um, the The Chargers beat themselves. Uh, Justin Herbert only had 15 fantasy points, for those who are wondering. Um, I just – I don't under – sorry, one second. Um, I'm pulling everything back up very quickly because I had it, and then I closed it out like an idiot. Um. Yeah, Justin Herbert, 18 for 35, 223 passing yards, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, the two interceptions hurt. I'm, I think one of them was off the hands of a receiver or off the body or something like that. Uh, one of them was 100% Justin Herbert's fault, trying to do too much, trying to push it downfield. Um, but the, the big story for me was – I know he only had three carries, 80 yards, I think it was. Justin Jeff or Justin Jackson, not Justin Jefferson, different game. Uh, Justin Jackson had 80, uh, 80 yards on three touches, led the team in rushing. Austin Eckler only had 11 touches for 64 yards, and then he had an additional six for uh, 60 yards. So Austin Eckler still being Austin Eckler type things, but the, the fact that I don't know. This whole game to me was just weird because the Chargers couldn't put things together, if that makes sense. Like the defense is just terrible uh, because that's just the thing the uh, Chargers do year in, year out. I remember back when they had Phillip Rivers, they had the number one defense and like barely went into the playoffs. Uh, Then they have the number one offense and their defense is just atrocious. So whenever the Chargers have one side of the ball clicking, the other side of the ball sucks. And this is just a year where the offense can can click and the defense just cannot stop anyone to save the life of them. I don't know where Joey Bosa and Derwin James have gone. Um, looking at the defensive stats, Derwin James had seven tackles. Um, and Joey Bosa had two tackles. So for, for as much talent as we want to say they have on the, on that side of the ball – they're not really doing a whole lot. I won't. I won't put Derwin James in that category because I love Derwin James. Um, but but Joey Bosa, like two tackles, is not going to cut it for a guy who wants to argue that he's the best in the league. And like it or not, defensive ends out there, like you don't get a sack or you don't get hurries or you don't get quarterback knockdowns. Like 
you, you're just going to be evaluated as you didn't have a good game. Like uh, Miles Garrett and guys like Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald, and these guys are the, the, the really elite guys because they'll get a sack every week. And if they don't get a sack every week, you can bet that they'll be in the quarterback's face three or four times. Um, I feel like the Bosa's – I really like the Bosa's. Uh, well, I don't like Nick Bosa. He has some weird just like – we'll talk about a weird dude. Um, but I don't know. I just – they. It's not, I'm not going to say they seem soft, but I, I just feel like – with Nick, well, Nick is always injured. It seems like, and then Joey, it's just every game, it's hit or miss. It's hit or miss. It's either he's got like a sack, three hurries, a tackle for loss, or he's got like you just said, two tackles. So, well, um, and it's like if it were a situation like we see Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, week in week out with these crazy photos of them ripping through the line as they're getting double or triple teamed. That's just not the case with Bosa. I mean, I'm sure he is getting double teamed, but we don't see that. We don't see him ripping through the line. Like like you said, he he's kind of hit or miss because you just you don't know whether or not it's gonna be a huge game or you don't see the the fact of why it's a bad game. So maybe yeah. that's just a mental image I have of Joey Bosa, but like I don't really think he's all that. Y- yeah, I I think what you've seen in the NFL now is you've I'm trying to think if there's anyone on really this level. I mean, I think you're seeing right now that Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett are the only like defensive linemen in the game right now that can be on the uh, on the field for all four downs, meaning that they can play the run and they can play inside and outside and they can play the pass. Whereas Joey Bosa is probably uh, third and five, uh, third and five and longer, and he gets p- to pin his ear back. So. I really do think it's just be, we've we've in over the next few years we'll see it more happen because the athletes are only getting bigger and faster. But like, I mean, it's a funny story about Miles Garrett. But uh, he said in the in his uh, like uh, one of his uh, press conferences earlier this week, he's like, uh, "Yeah, I'm not. I'm wearing long sleeves from every game on from now on because like." I didn't wear uh, my sleeves because my arms were so big, and they, I got drug tested all three games. So I, it's kind of funny, but it's like no, like, like that guy's just like a huge human being. Like he is an animal, and the same with Aaron Donald. Um, I don't know, Sal. You got anything? No, honestly, like <clears throat> like you were saying, <clears throat> um, probably like I, I I don't know if I told Tom this, but my favorite player in the league is Aaron Donald because. Um, like when I was a, when I was a junior in high school, that's when I started playing high school football, and I basically just watched film of Aaron Donald over and over and over again, so I could just get run moves, pass moves, get to this, get to the quarterback and stuff. And honestly, like just like that, and like practicing helped me a lot. And like he has consistently been that one guy who has been at the top of the league since and. Miles Garrett's honestly coming for that too. And the thing is for both of them, like they're built, like they're superhuman. Like, and honestly, they also, they're not only superhumans and like super strong, like they also have like skill and like pass rush and like hand motions. And for Joey Boza, like I've like, honestly, I was an Ohio state fanboy back in the day, as much as I'd like to say it. I had a huge, um, I had a huge mural of the Ohio State Stadium in my room, 
and um nice. i like paid attention to like back in like the Braxton Miller, JT Barrett type days. And I remember watching Joey Boza for those couple years. And he's mostly relied on his like passing skills and his speed to get to the like and sack the quarterback and stuff. So honestly, I'm not surprised that he has those days where he gets shut down by a decent team. Yeah, and this is the last thing I'll just say about it um, real quick. But it's and it's almost to the point with Miles Garrett and Aaron Donald that even if they don't have a sack or they don't have a ton of numbers, you're looking at them and you know that they're so good, you're just like, okay, it's because they were getting doubled and chipped all game or they did have an impact, but it was in the run defense. or they So they're good enough to impact the game in many, many different ways. Um. Uh, this one we can go through pretty quickly. I honestly did not even know this game happened. Um, uh, uh, Seahawks, uh, Jaguars. Um, <laughs> the only thing I saw from this game was that DK Metcalf had six catches on six targets with two touchdowns and 60 yards or something like that. I also found out this morning um, – I like I said, I was happy being wrong with this pick, but Tyler Lockett apparently had a really solid day. Um, 26 fantasy points. Finally, his breakout game with Geno Smith. I'm good with it. The my opponent benched him, so that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um I have absolutely nothing on this game. I have absolutely no idea. Did oh. anyone even watch it? I don't. I mean, you were watching Red Zone, and if they didn't show it on Red Zone, then I mean, I I turned it off at like five o'clock because I was chilling. Uh, I took a nap, and then me and my cousin started playing uh, playing Xbox. So I haven't heard from him in a minute. Looks like um, James Robinson only had four carries. Uh, he got hurt in the first quarter. I want to say on the first drive. So that was the other thing I was going to bring up. Uh, he was my starter running back for the week, four point nine points, but he got hurt on the first. Uh, drive i believe it was if not the first first quarter yeah the only thing i have about this is i don't know did you guys see that uh leaked video about dk over the week no no about his foursome oh uh, no (laughs) (laughs) um okay wow i thought you would be all over this tom um apparently he it was like earlier in the week but he was texting some Instagram model and she was like on his way to his house. So that they were going to fuck. And he was like, I guess he texted her and he was like, okay, it's too late. Like, don't come over. Never mind. And then I guess like an hour later he was at the bar and he texted her again and was like, Hey, actually I'm out right now. Why don't you come back to my spot? I've got these two other girls with me. We're going to have a foursome. And she basically said no, and she just went like on the IG live and was like, like talking about how she had been to this guy's, how had been to DK's house, how he has no security, how he uh, didn't make her sign an NDA. I don't know. It was very, very odd, um, but it was the story over the week. <laughs> she thinks um, that's going to defame him or something. I think it's going to help the guy. Exactly. I mean, we all that, see that what that DK looks point. like, bro. It's like. Just and like she's like, yeah, you're an idiot yeah. for not making me sign an NDA. It's like, I mean, if you're a girl, you probably like actually respect that. Like, 
Because if you're making, if someone's making you sign an NDA just to come over, like they want to make sure no one ever knows that you've ever been anywhere near him. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Sal, what'd you say on. in there? I didn't hear you. Yeah, I didn't hear you either. Oh, yeah. Hearing this, I'm now more of, of a fan of uh, DK Metcalf. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. DK. Um, and the funniest thing is that now that I guess I'm kind of just realizing this, but like DK, like what do you think DK talks about with Russell Wilson? Like DK's out having foursomes and Russell's at home with Sierra, you know, like, like God first. Yeah. Like what do you think they talk about? Like on Sunday, on Sunday when they both get to the game, I'm sure Russell's like, Hey DK, did you, uh, did the pastor have a nice sermon this morning? Did you? And DK's like, ah, I don't know. I woke up with like three girls. I don't even know that were in my bed next to me. He was, and Russell's like, oh, you're a huge sinner. You're a sinner. I, I, I don't know. But it just it just doesn't seem like that should work or should work at all. So um, I don't know. Maybe I'm going to lobby for DK to get out of uh, Seattle. Um, <laughs> um, uh, go ahead. What are you going to say? Well, I was going to say, uh, if you wanted stat lines from the game, there's really only two you should really look at personally for me. Number one is Trevor Lawrence throwing 54 times yet again. Yikes. 32 for four, uh, 54, 238, and a touchdown with an interception. Um, no one really stood out receiving-wise. Uh, Dan Arnold had eight catches, actually, uh, on 11 targets, which is interesting. Or no, sorry, that's his long. He had 10 targets. 10 targets for Dan Arnold, 8 for Carlos Hyde, 12 targets for Jamal Agnew, the guy who switched over from playing defensive back is now getting 12 targets. Uh, LaVisca Chenault had 4, by the way. Not that I'm salty or anything. Um, so, yeah, uh, Jamal Agnew also had a touchdown as uh, on his receiving numbers. So that is kind of interesting. Um, and on the flip side of the ball, Geno Smith, 20 for 24. Very, very good game for Geno Smith. 195 yards, two touchdowns, both of which went to DK Metcalf. And Tyler Lockett had 12 catches on 13 targets for 142 yards. That's great, Tyler Lockett. I'm still never going to draft you in Madden, though. I'd just like to say... Go ahead. Devon Austin had one reception for five yards. I honestly <laughs> had no idea he was still in the NFL. Me neither. I just looked and I saw his name and I'm like, that's my man right there. I I mean West Virginia. Yeah, you're totally right. You want to go back to probably one of the most exciting football teams ever, Pat White, uh Noel Devine, Gina Smith Slayton. Tavon Austin, West Virginia is awesome. If you ever get a chance to go to a football game there, you should. It's awesome. Um, all right, let's move on. Uh, what do we got next? Uh, this one ended up being a little bit more interesting, I think, than – actually, I thought I did think it was going to be interesting. So um, let's uh, hit this up. Uh, 49ers uh, end up beating the Bears 33-22. to I know what my first thought coming away from this game is. Um, I'll give you I guys have one image in my head. Heard. What? I said I have one image slash video going through my head right now, and I'm pretty sure it's the same as yours. I'll let you start. Go ahead. Sal? 
Hey, do you know what I'm talking about? Um, you're either talking about one thing or another thing, but wow, so specific. No, I'm saying I'm saying that you had a great prediction for Eliza Mitchell. Oh no, not what I was talking about. But yes, Elijah Mitchell did have 20 fantasy points, so there is that. Um, I was thinking about Justin Fields' touchdown run because that was just oh, immaculate. Yes. yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm going to take it one step further. I'm going to go out and say Justin Fields looked okay to pretty decent with Matt Nagy not there. <laughs> We all we were talking about it. We said yes, it's going to be better. But Justin Fields had ten carries, a hundred and three yards, and a touchdown. And wow. on top of having nineteen for twenty-seven, uh, one hundred and seventy-five, a touchdown, and then the one pick, Fields looked amazing. And we all we were talking about it. I was talking about Bill Lazor. Um, I thought it was going to be a big day for Herbert. He ended up having seventy-two yards. Um, and another, well, in minus four yards receiving, so that's not great. But um, it just the the offense looked like they could actually put up points, which is why we saw them put up twenty two on the 49ers defense. Yeah, and if you're a Chicago fan, and I, I'm at the point now where I think honestly every Bears fan is like, screw Matt and Aggie, like this guy's an idiot. I don't think I don't see how he well, you know what? It's gonna be interesting to see if he comes back this week, how they do this week. Because if they come out this week and throw uh, like uh throw an egg, uh, I mean it, you gotta fire him maybe next week then. Like, I don't know. I don't know. But yes, mm-hmm. Justin Fields looked awesome. Um the 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 like yeah, basically everything you said. The Bears looked like a competent football team, which they hadn't done in the previous seven weeks under Rat Nagy. Uh Sal, what do you got on the game? Honestly, I am very shocked that like as much as like I knew Justin Fields was talented coming out of college, but like honestly, he's been roughed up. There was the one time where he played the Browns where he got sacked. 80,000 times. Yeah. I think it was eight or nine times. Yeah. And since like, since then he's like, again, he's a rookie. He's trying to get used to the league. He's been in that Ohio state spotlight, but now honestly, like I'm feel like he's starting to get into it a little bit more. Like, honestly, I don't know much about the game because I don't really pay attention to the bears as much as I pay attention to other teams. But all I know is that he did I, – I saw that rushing touchdown. That was like classic Justin Fields from college. I'm very excited to see what he can do for – like hopefully he can – hopefully he can involve his receivers more. But besides that, like he had a really, really, really good game. Yeah. Justin, I don't mean to interrupt what we're doing here, but I need – I'm going to let you know right now you need to reset your lineup because you left Najee Harris on your bench so that Trey Sermon could get you zero and Kenyon Drake can be on by. Oh, wait, for your league? Yeah, I know. Yeah, I just saw that. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I, can I still change it? No, it's too late now. You got to wait until so. next yeah, week. No, I yeah. saw it yesterday. I, I, you know what? This, if anything, like I, I've divulged into my first fantasy year 
I think I've come out with the fact that I will enjoy and keep doing fantasy probably with only one or two teams in the future. Like yeah. I, I like just the four teams in the, with flurry. It's just like once the pirate team got good, like I was like, I just don't care about the other teams. And honestly, if you weren't looking out for the dynasty league team, they wouldn't have won a game. I mean, we've only won one anyways, but they wouldn't have won a game. Um, so I, yeah, it, I, I've, I, I will say a hundred percent. You, I, I don't know how much you knew me before. I, I've never, but I've never was a fantasy guy. I've say I've turned. I'm into fantasy now, and but I, I know my limitations, like very strictly at this point. So, um, fair enough, man. But yeah, it's been fun. It's been fun. Uh, and I've also also realized that joining the fantasy basketball league for money was also not a good idea. I so, hate fantasy basketball. I love I, fantasy I, basketball. It's because you I, actually I watch the NBA. Neither of us do. I don't watch the NBA at all. Oh, <laughs> sorry. I, I don't know if you're going to say something, Sal, but not to cut you off. Um, Tom, uh, the the picture you sent me this morning. I mean, oh, that was hilarious. I actually was in my room last night. Like I was like kind of laying down to go to bed, kind of just up, whatever. And like, if I wasn't on ESPN last night, like just looking back through the scores, doing some of this outline and things like that, I would have had no idea that the World Series was played last night. Like the Atlanta Braves could have won the World Series yesterday, and I don't think half the country would have known. Yeah, I mean, uh, Sal, the picture I sent him was. Um, from this baseball fan account that I follow it says okay. that ESPN has one post about squid game and zero posts about the world series. What go. If you look on, on Instagram, there is no posts about the world series, but you will see one about squid game. You know what? I a hundred percent believe that. Yeah. And we're very big it advocates is- on this show that baseball ESPN is, is mis- very much like that. Yeah, it, it's it's a show where we talk and, and we talked extensively about how misrepresented and mismar uh, mismarket managed or however you want it mismarketed uh, baseball is, and and this just proves that ESPN doesn't even cover it. Yeah, I mean, it, it, we've gotten to the point. We, like we, me and Tom, we, we like we have extensively talked about this, and I'm I, I was at the point where I was like I almost kind of feel bad, and now I'm at the point where like. I'm pretty sure like hockey or soccer is going to overtake it as the third most popular sport in the country. I, I don't know if you, like, I don't want to make this into a whole thing, but it is important. I guess it's a big deal. and a big topic. Like, I don't know if you saw attendance numbers all throughout MLB. Uh, I mean, the MLB had probably their, in probably the, the last 20 years, they had their two most marketable, players have great seasons uh not not not, uh well he did have a great tatis jr did have a great season but it was in i mean san diego is not a big market but the other one in la shohei otani in la in such a huge market and it's just no one cares i it it I don't know. It, it, it's got like I, it's got to a point where I just I don't know how long it's like people will always, I guess, go to Saturday night, Saturday afternoon games and stuff. But like 
if you would have given me free tickets to an Indians game this year, I I highly doubt I go. Like a hundred percent, I yeah, actually no, I I wouldn't go. So I, I it baseball, and then yesterday was just the pinnacle of it all. Um, and honestly, baseball is lucky. They're, the MLB should consider themselves lucky that the Braves didn't win it all yesterday, because that would have been an absolute embarrassment for them. I mean that that would have been it would because it wouldn't have even been. I mean, if you think about it, it probably would have been like the 15th most important topic because every single NFL game that happened yesterday was way more important than it. So, like I said, I don't want to dwell on it, but when you sent me that this morning, it's like I had the same exact thought last night when I was like scrolling through the internet. It was just, it's just crazy how, how terrible they are at doing these things. Like, don't schedule game five on it. Like, don't like, you can have six days of the week, basically, be all yours. Essentially. Essentially. I mean, you'll probably be 75 towards baseball and 25 towards football on, like, Thursday night and Monday night. And, and so on Saturdays, college football. You can have any yeah. night during the week is really what it is. Yeah. And all you had to do was that. And you know what's even worse right now? Like, unless – I guess we'll preview this later too, but – Unless, like, the Giants do, like, unless something crazy happens tonight, like, I, I don't know how to say it. The, the game tonight is probably going to be on the bigger topic on most people's mind than the Game 6 of the World Series, which is, I think, tonight. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Um, all right, let's move on. Sorry. I don't know why I got in the big I, – I blame you, Tom. You sent me that picture. I don't think there's a game tonight. Yeah, there is. It's uh, it's tomorrow. The Giants. Oh, I thought you meant you said the baseball game. Oh, I well, you said yes to that. I said I didn't know if there was a game tonight. No, there's one tomorrow. Oh well, once again, that was a smart move, baseball. Um, all right. Uh, this can be quick again. Um, oh my! We talked about it earlier. Uh, the Lions and um, the Eagles. Uh, we all, all three of us talked about it before the game yesterday. Like this was, this should have been the Lions' game to win. The and question now is, do they go zero and seventeen? I, I don't think they do. I think Dan Campbell find will find them a way to win one game. I think he will. I, I do. I think he will. Um, but that I mean, and unfortunately, you see it with the Lions right now, but. It happens to the NFL. I, I haven't seen it happen in the NFL like this disparagingly since the Browns were really bad and went 0-16. But the talent on the Lions roster is just nowhere near as good as everyone else in the NFL. Like they're, it's like obviously it's a dumb question about Alabama versus the Lions because obviously the Lions win. But it, 10 years down the line, I'm not so sure that that's – easy answer anymore. Um, but the talent devout, like they have absolutely no one. They have nothing. Jamal Williams was out yesterday. Jared Goff, who looked like he was okay for most of the season played like he was in an eighth grader. It was awful. It was horrible. Uh, once I saw the score in the first half, I didn't even sh- like want to put on the clips of it. Because I can, I, I didn't want to. want to see Dan Campbell in that game. Um, I don't know. Sal, we'll go to you first. What are your thoughts on the game? 
honestly, when I saw it was 38-0, I was like, yeah, I don't need to pay attention to this game at all. I was very shocked because it's it's not an Eagles thing to do. But, like, I guess it happens. Like, Jalen Hurts didn't even look like Jalen Hurts did much. It looks like he only had 103 yards. But, like, again, like, somehow, some way, he – um, somehow, some way, they got forty-four points, which is like not like the Eagles don't score that much, and I'm very shocked. Like, and I feel like this was probably the game that the Lions should have competed in, and they didn't. Like, I was expecting more from, I was expecting more from not from like Jared Goff because. It seemed like he had a good day, but like a like a decent day. But I expected more from like his surrounding group and his defense. And like only six points isn't gonna cut anything, especially when like you have like especially when they put Gardner Minshew in for two plays. Like it, can, it shouldn't Minchu. get to that point. Uh, Justin, what's up, man? You're back. Um, that's a great question. I. I don't think I hope he will. Not. <laughs> I don't think he will because I don't think Tyreek Hill is going to have that big a game. But I will say, if there is one receiver in the NFL that could easily have an eighteen point eight six game in PPR, it would be Tyreek Hill. It's very true. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of people I would say that could hit eighteen point eight potentially. It's whether or not he can actually do it, and I don't really like it against. Not that the Giants' defense is great. Giants. I mean, I don't know, man. Uh, I just I uh, think that the Chiefs are are a couple of couple of couple. They're still days, so they're like a week behind still. Yeah, yeah, I, uh, which is just funny again because like we're talking we, about the game tonight once again. Thank God, MLB, you don't have a World Series game tonight because I already am now much more interested in um <laughs> the, my, the, the I'm already more interested in Justin's fantasy team. Than the World Series, um, and no, if you're asking Mike White about fantasy, I I'd hold I'd hold off a week. No, he's not um, asking about fantasy. He's just talking about how Mike White is the second coming of Tom Brady. Apparently, not wrong. Uh, he might be. He might be. Uh, you know, Undraft. Know. Um, Undraft. I don't know what other games we have to get to. We can get to them in a sec. Uh, I I know I asked this yesterday for both you guys. Um, are you guys still thinking the same thing that I kind of thinking right now? Like it's not that bad having Zach Wilson just sit down and learn. Not at all. You know, it's, it's really funny. Do you remember Derek mountain, Justin? He used to do the uh, yeah. shows with me. Okay. Yeah. He put up, he put up the AFC playoff picture right now. The Tennessee Titans are the number one overall seed with eight, a six and two record. The Las Vegas Raiders are five and two. The Raider, uh, the Ravens are five and two, and the Bills are five and two. Those are all the division leaders. Then you have the Bengals at five and three because the Jets just beat them. Just want to clarify. Um, the Bengals are five and three. The Steelers are four and three, and the Chargers are four and three. On the bubble teams, uh, th- those top seven make out the playoffs. The the top seven teams are currently in. On the bubble, people, the Patriots who are four and four, the Browns who are four and four, the Broncos who are three and four, 
the Chiefs who are three and four, and the Colts who are three and five. The Jets are one game out of being being on the bubble for this playoff contention. Can we just sit and think about that for one second? That's crazy. And they are like, one game out of being on the bubble. And, and and as crazy as it sounds, like how down I am on the Browns, like I, I have no and I said it earlier, I have no doubt in my mind they could pull off like seven straight right now and be once again right in the thick of the playoff race. So I I do think in the AFC, well, and in the NFC especially in the NFC West, the NFC West is going to be, or the AFC West should, well, both Wests are going to be freaking awesome. Um, I do think we're setting up for one of the better NFL seasons we've had in a while. And which is awesome because a it's 17 games and B because if it's a good season and it's like not a ton of like injuries and it's just like a good season, people aren't going to bitch about that 17th game, which I just don't want to hear about at the end of the year. Yeah, so. and it'll help with a lot of the tie-breaking scenarios because the, when it was an even amount of games, then you went into, oh, all the eight and eight teams have to go through this 12-part, 12 12-leg 12 uh, tiebreaker scenario. Now with the extra game, you'll get some people more at eight and nine and some people more at nine and eight. All right. I, I, um, this is Elijah Moore. I'm, I'm assuming Justin is a Jets fan. Um, so he's saying – Great team. Carter looked insane. And uh, Elijah Moore looks great. Oh, yeah. He, uh, he, he not to brag or anything, but I wonder. Uh, I wonder who has both of them on their team. In which league? <laughs> in which league? Um. All right. Um. What's up, Corey? Corey, Obviously. what's up? Yeah, sorry. Yeah, Michael Carter made me money too. It's fine. <laughs> um, all right. I don't know which games we haven't gone over yet. I'm just going to kind of go around um, the room. We oh. still have to do the Texans, Colts, Ram- or Titans, Colts, excuse me. Uh, no, we, Rams- we already went oh, over that. That's fair. Yeah, we did talk about that. So then it's the Rams, Texans, Broncos, Washington, Saints, Bucks, and Cowboys, Vikings. All right. I don't. Uh, I. The Saints Bucks. Um, I think a lot of people saw this coming, which I'm kind of surprised about. Um, I, I'm also hearing Jameis could have a uh, actually a serious injury. Um, okay, is anyone going to say anything? As much <clears throat> as much as it's serious, he also there's also videos coming out of him dancing in the locker room on those crutches after I said, yes. that. yeah, that I was hilarious. <laughs> so, so I'm, ex- I'm expecting like as much as if the saints compete and Trevor Simeon does something to keep them in like that even area. I feel like if Jameis comes back in like six, eight, 10 weeks, they could have a chance to make the playoffs, but it seems like it's very competitive and the, and the Bucks have that division on lock as of right now, since Jameis Winston could be out for a good amount of time. He could, yeah. Like, like Justin said, he could be out for the year. Yeah. I mean, I, I think he's done for the year. I think that they're going to have to make a move to get a quarterback. And Justin out here just took my, Oh, that's not it. Took my idea. I think we it's found a new potential Cam. suitor for Cam Newton. Uh, Cam Newton could go in. He could run all of the plays that Taysom Hill uh, can run. 
and he could be the bridge guy until someone else comes in. Um, Cam Newton down there, I think, would fit in really well. I just don't know how well he would mesh. Actually, I think he would mesh honestly perfect with the team because, like, you got Alvin Kamara, who's kind of got I've always thought had a a Cam Newton kind of personality. He's like just a kind of fun guy, not the insane part of Cam Newton, the fun part of Cam Newton. Um, and 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 more. It, this is just kind of funny in my mind. I mean, you're going from Jameis to Cam. It's almost like. It's almost like just going from Jameis to another Jameis, really. It's uh, like, but with a worse arm. Let's not with the worse, with, but with a worse arm. But with with, but he's more athletic. But really, I think what both of what, what both of them do, like they're both gonna have the very very bad plays, and they're both gonna have the very very good plays. So like, you're not expecting any more, or any less turnovers with Cam. It's just kind of like, this is what we expected with Jameis. Um, Corey, you're wrong. Taysom Hill is out of the year in four years, out of the out of the NFL in four years, if if not sooner. I said two uh, on there. I said, yeah, I think he's still hurt too. So I don't even think that they could play him. Uh, who stepped in yesterday for the for the Bucks? I think or for the Saints. I think it was Trevor Simeon. I yeah, and Trevor Simeon, I think, looked really good. Cor- yeah, Corey, they are different technically, but in the fact that they're both going to make crazy turnovers, you're not gaining or losing really anything by going between the two. It's See, still. I, I think I, I like Jameis Winston a lot. I was very high on him. I think both of you guys knew that. I was high on Jameis with the Saints this year, and he, you're yes, crazy. he was not looking good, but he looked good at certain scenarios, and he looked good week one. He looked good last week or th- this week, I guess, but he got hurt. He only threw six, uh, 10 passes before he got hurt. I didn't know that. Trevor Simeon, though, 16 for 29, 160 yards and a touchdown. Dang, yeah. I didn't know um, that he had that good of a play. Uh, all right. Uh, Rams, Texans, I don't really have anything else to say other than, I don't know, Cooper Cup, other than Kyler Murray has been uh, great for me. In fan- Cooper Cup has been a godsend to my fantasy team. Mm-hmm. Other than that, yeah, I don't really have anything on this game. The Ray, and you just talked about the uh, in the AFC, the log jam in the, the middle. Jets are in playoff contention still. Yeah, you talk about the lo- <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know if you have seen Drew Brees lately. Uh, he's vibing he on, on CBS. Yeah, he's chilling. Yeah. Um, oh, that's, that's a really a good, good question. question. That's a really good question. Oh, Tommy, will you? All right, I'm going to go around the room. I don't know what games we haven't hit yet. Uh, If you want to go, if you want to hit a game, say something about it, do it. Also, Tommy, at some point, can you look up maybe Michael Thomas's contract? Yeah, so I remember he signed a five-year, $100 million contract. Um, I think he has three years left on it, if I remember correctly. Um, I, I don't think that he will sit. Wait, hang on. Is that who I think it? Kevin White led the Saints in receiving. What? Kevin White led the Saints in receiving. He had 38 yards, which led the team on one catch. He led the team in receiving. Resurgence. Let's go. Bro, they don't need Michael Thomas. They got Kevin White. (laughs) 
<laughs> oh my god, Big Cat is gonna be so happy. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I guess I'll, very quickly, if if you guys want, I could go through like the the Rams Texans game. Was there anything really to talk about? I mean, you started to just talk about Cooper Cup, but no, that's that's what I was saying. I'm gonna I, let's go around the room. Say if you have anything else to say about a game or whatever games you want, and then we'll move on. Uh, so go ahead, Tom. Say whatever you want. Sure. Yeah. Rams Texas game went about as as how everyone had expected. Leaving white, which white? Um, that one went as bad as expected. I'm not going to take too much time on that. Uh, the Broncos Washington game, I did not hear anything on. Um, I did not watch it. I did not see a play from it. Which which is Most- weird. Like it's not, it wasn't necessarily. I mean, it's a decent game, I think. But I yeah, it was I, ten I to seventeen. I didn't even know who won until I just looked. Like I, I didn't know they played. I thought they were on buys. I I thought that they were maybe tomorrow's game, but I knew it was the Chiefs Giants, so I had no idea. Like I just that was like the most undervalued game of the week, I guess, and it wasn't even any value, so that's not even true. Uh, Ricky Seals Jones went one for one in passing with minus two yards, so that's fun. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater looked competent. <laughs> just oh yeah, see even Corey, who's a Broncos fan, didn't know that they won that game. Um, yeah, I agree. You are messing up draft picks. Um, then Sal? just oh, go ahead. the yeah, last, like well, the last Honestly, game. I'm very shocked. Well, I don't know what happened to Antonio Gibson, but Jarrett Patterson had more carries during the game than Antonio Gibson. And he, it looks like he is starting to have a little rookie one hit wonder type of thing. And he's starting Whoa. to. Have a little downfall as much as I was an Antonio Gibson fan last year. I don't know if we could say he was a one hit wonder. I mean, you could say he's in the sophomore slump, I'll give you that. But I think it's very hard for him to get going when Taylor Heineke is your quarterback. That's true. I'm yeah, expecting- I agree with that statement too from Corey. I think he's playing through a pretty serious injury. Is and on it, like, do you, you think that's why, like, he's limited as? And what? Yeah, I would say it's because that's why he's limited. If you're hurt, you can only do so much. That's very so. True. I I think that Corey hit the nail right on the head there with that. Um. So I don't want to say that he's a, a one hit wonder. I'll say he's a sophomore slump and injury slump kind of situation. And then. Cool. To, to finish up very quickly, the Cowboys-Vikings game, we saw primetime Kirk Cousins again last night. Um, he had 12 fantasy points as my starter, so that's great. Um, nice. And the, the Cowboys without Dak. Cooper Rush, what is it with the backup like young quarterbacks coming out here? Cooper Rush last night also threw for like, where is it? He threw for 325 yards and two touchdowns with only one uh, interception. Which brings up... Dak is a system quarterback. I've never liked Dak. Um, Cooper Rush last year, though, when he played, did not look good. So, yeah, I, I have no of, idea. <laughs> I was antagonizing. I want to get back to this question, though, Justin. If you're good with it, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm fine. Um, I want to get back to this question because it's very interesting to me. Stop it, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> he says, stop, stop saying Dax is system QB. <laughs> um, so I, I think it's really interesting because Michael Thomas 
could just take the year off and, and just get realigned with what the Saints are looking for and what he needs from him. But I think if you're, you know, I understand with the QB shuffle, he was already in the midst of a QB shuffle. He hasn't played all year with Jameis, so it's like nothing has really changed. And I think whichever quarterback you bring in is going to need a guy like Michael Thomas, whether it's, you know, he's going to run slant boy or he's going to be the big play guy that we were kind of anticipating with Jameis Winston. Cam Newton comes out, Michael Thomas's value in my eyes goes skyrocketing because Cam can't really throw the ball accurately more than 10, 15 yards down the field, if that. So a guy like Michael Thomas who can open a play up and make a big play can only add value to that situation. And, you know, Justin, you brought up his contract. You're paying him $20 million a year. Uh, ends up being, yeah, ends up being just around 20 yeah, he's signed through 2024. So unless he wants to go and do a whole like NBA thing, he's gonna suit up. I just I I, I don't think he any has any uh, like like argument that he sh- deserves to sit out for the year. Um, yeah, I mean, if his, if his contract was up in like two years or a year or two. I could be like, yeah, you, you can see that you don't want to, you're 28. You don't, I don't want to get out there. I mean, all you do is run slants anyways, but you're going to get hit by linebackers up in there. I understand that. Like you don't want to risk injury, but if you're signed through four more years and, and the, and the thing is, I think the saints would probably like to get rid of him. Uh, I don't know I, about he, that. He's 28. He's 28. Um, they're going through a whole rebuild. You got to think about, they just played Ryan Ramchick in the off season. Um, and it, it, obviously it's, it's, it's an in-between it, it, Alvin Kamara is younger by about three years. And you think he's the more important piece. Like I mm-hmm. think they're going to pay Alvin Kamara another extension before giving Thomas more money. So I, I, I'll say this. I, I don't think they would like to get rid of him, but I think if they were approached with the right offer, it would not, it would not take that much. Like, right. And that's, I, like, and that's a fair he, statement. I, I don't think he has a stance to sit out this year. Like, I don't think he has like, a, like the, like the right to sit out this year. And so he's got to play. And I mean, I don't see the Saints drafting very high and getting a number one quarterback anytime soon. So it looks like the next four years are probably going to be a little bit of a quarterback, you know, bingo, really. So I, it's a great mm-hmm. question. I, I think I've turned my whole idea now that I think, I think the Saints would rather get rid of Michael Thomas rather than Michael Thomas would rather leave the Saints. Well, and especially when you take into consideration the fact that the Saints cap situation has always the the past, what, five years, 10 years has been atrocious. I mean, we remember the the contract that they gave Taysom Hill at the beginning of the season where it's all voidable years. They gave him a four year, hundred and sixty million dollar contract extension. That's all voidable, you know, and, and and Sal, from the Saints perspective, you have Thomas through twenty twenty four. So uh, I was right. They have three more years on them, but they have a potential out in 2022 at the end of this season. Um, 
do you just take the the hit and and just take the out with Michael Thomas here before the contract kicks in? Because right now, this season, yeah. you're right. This season, he is getting paid a base salary of a million dollars with a four thousand uh, four million dollar signing bonus, uh, with some other extra incentives. So there, he's he's getting hit this year on the salary cap for a million dollars with a total cap hit of ten million dollars because that's the last year of his rookie deal. I think I could be wrong. Do you take the the out that you have before the the big salary cap hit comes in? I really think it's not a bad idea just because like like honestly, I'm looking at the situation kind of like Kawhi Leonard in San Antonio a couple of years back where he's like just sitting and just waiting for something to happen to him. Either he just gets like released or he gets traded to another team where he can prosper. But, like, I feel like even if he was to come back, like, he would probably have to have a good reason to come back, kind of. Um, <clears throat> just, he, yeah, he would have to have a good reason to come back. Like, if he was to get Cam Newton, like, we don't know what he thinks of Cam Newton <clears throat> personally because, like, he's never played with him. Like, he can't even play with Jameis Winston, and Jameis Winston is – sort of coming into his own he's had a pretty decent year like not like a tampa bay buccaneers 30 interceptions year but like i'm expecting michael thomas to maybe like he's gonna he's gonna be fine like i'm expecting him to at least think about it but like i don't think much is gonna happen like if the saints have an offer like justin said they're gonna pull the trigger but besides that like I'm expecting more of like a holdout this season and maybe like a trade in the off season during draft time. I could see a trade. I think that's a lot more plausible. I agree. Yeah. Um, I just messed time. I got to I got a roll. So I'm, you guys are going to finish up, but I, I, the, the whole thing that, that with this, and I know we're talking about contracts. I don't want to take it to a broader spectrum, but I, I kind of just have to say this. And then, like I said, you guys can finish it out. If NFL guys are smart, like the sitting out thing, like they're they, they just, they need to stop doing it. It hasn't worked for any NFL player. Look at Le'Veon Bell, look at, Antonio, yeah. look at Antonio Brown. Um, it, it has not worked. And it's honestly, other than Antonio Brown, who honestly basically got handed a lifeline by Tom Brady, like accepting his friend request on Facebook. Um, <laughs> but I mean, look at Le'Veon Bell now. We can barely make a, make a roster now after he did that whole thing with the Steelers. So it, my overall thing would be just NFL guys. Like, like you, we've learned that like the owners have the power. Like they, it, it, the NBA is the only sport where the players have the power. NFL is not there yet. And I don't think it'll ever get there until you get and it. And obviously the Deshaun Watson was going to be something, but now it's different because of the case and everything like that. It's very different. So I was very much looking forward to that Deshaun Watson kind of thing because that is a quarterback and, that, and that's a whole different thing for me. Um, so, but the only way I can see this possibly like maybe getting players more power when Patrick Mahomes comes up in the next three to four to five years or whatever, that will be, I think, a big turning point in contracts for players. Um, all right, but Tom, you guys finish it out. Um, Tom, I, th- I assume you know how to do it. Yeah, I could. Ju- I I'll just hit end broadcast and 
yeah all that perfect all right um sal thanks for coming on again man Corey, thanks for listening um later all right thanks justin catch you yeah with that being said though um i i just i really don't know what i would do with michael thomas because i love michael thomas i have his jersey hanging up right here um no he was honestly like Um, take it easy (laughs) no i no personally he's probably like like i said earlier in the podcast i was an ohio state fanboy at one point and when michael thomas was at ohio state like i was like i was very like i loved michael thomas he was that one reliable option that the ohio state's quarterbacks had and um (laughs) personally like I knew Michael Thomas, like he wasn't really drafted high, but like I knew he was going to have an impact on the league as soon as he got in. And like, as much as like, he's not like a long ball receiver as much as he's like a, like, like you said, slant boy, like he He has the uh, ability though. Like he he is able to get deep and make the catches. I just think he's like more of a, a closer to the line of scrimmage. Like, I don't know where I was going with that. Corey, I had room checks and I wasn't allowed to have any tapestries hanging up. So in order to avoid a find or just an issue, I took it down and I've been so lazy that I haven't put it back up to answer your question. <laughs> Sko dogs indeed. Um, I know we kind of sped through the, the last of the games. Um, going back very quickly, because I do want to touch on the the Cowboys game, Cowboys Vikings, Kirk sure. Cousins, man. I mean, can can a guy choke any more than Kirk Cousins has on 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 prime time? Not at all. Just like when he's in that spotlight, you just like, especially especially when you have like players on the Vikings that like, it's weird because like Minnesota is like one of those places where like they have decently known players. But, like, when they're put in that spotlight, they're just, like, they just don't perform well. Like, the one time, the one time we saw them perform well was the Minneapolis Miracle in prime time. And that but was more Stephon Diggs and a mistake by the Saints. Pretty much. And then they got <laughs> blown out by the Eagles. But besides that, like, they <laughs> – But besides that, like, they – literally have choked in prime time since that moment like it it stinks it stinks for them because as much as i like am a fan of kirk cousins and i'm a fan of justin jefferson like it's it's kind of sad that like the cowboys oh like as much as i hate the cowboys they're always in prime time and right and and it's the, the, the moral of the story here is Kirk Cousins got outplayed by Cooper Rush because on every facet of the stat line, Cooper Rush beat him out. He had an extra completion on five more attempts, which I guess, you know, percentage completion, percentage, whatever, that might be lower. He threw for – Cooper Rush threw for 325 yards. Kirk Cousins threw for 184 with the receivers that he has. Cooper rushed through two touchdowns to Kirk Cousins as one, and yes, he had the interception, so Kirk won the interception battle. 
Cooper Rush's QBR was a 44.8, whereas Kirk Cousins was a 36.6. That's that's a big difference when it comes to QBR. Um Oh, Corey, you are you're barking up the wrong tree, man. I'm gonna go on for hours about that. But I think the <laughs> the big moral of the story here is uh, exactly what Corey hit on here with with Stefan Stefan uh, Trayvon Diggs locking up Justin Jefferson. I mean, did did he have an interception or was this his first game without one? I'm honestly not sure. Let's see. Uh, I don't think I don't remember him having an interception because I'm pretty sure Blue it wasn't on social media. It would have been like, oh yeah, it's like he had another interception. Like, but like, yeah, like Corey was saying, like Justin, like one of the dudes, like you know, one of the dudes that I rely on on my team is Justin Jefferson, and he only got four fantasy points. That's like the first time this season. Yeah, he flopped, dude. He flopped. First time this season that like he scored under like nine points, which is as much as I'd hate to say it, but like hey, Michael Carter made up for it, but we're all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I tra- I went and looked. Trayvon Dix did not have an interception, uh, which makes sense because we said Kirk Cousins did not throw an interception. Probably was a good tell, but you know, we missed it. Um Corey, you're, I'm going to do it, man. I know we've been going for an hour 40, but, man, I got to do it. Uh, Kellen Mond, guy. my guy, all right? I personally do not think that it's not that he's not ready. I think it's just the fact that they're paying Kirk Cousins a, mm, I, a ton of money. <laughs> uh, let's call it a Brinks truck because I was going to say something else. But a Brinks truck worth of money, fully guaranteed. Um that means that they trade him, they cut him, he's getting paid regardless. Uh, so they're taking Kellen Mond. He also has been battling injuries thus far this season. Uh, he has currently – I don't think he's dressed up, which I think part of it was Coach's decision not to let him dress, and part of it is also the fact that he was dealing with an injury in the beginning of the season. Um, but to me – the fact that they're not having him dress up makes me very worried because Sean Mannion is the backup quarterback. Um, we've seen rookie quarterbacks this year struggle, but they have. Okay, okay I'm back. I'm back. I'm back. Whew. Um, <laughs> Sal, you would have been in for for some trouble. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, no. Um, by myself the man (laughs) my bad i am back um sal and i are currently in a dynasty league together where i have a a taxi squad implemented on my taxi squad is kellen mond because i very much believe in kellen mond i was a huge advocate for kellen mond during the draft um i i had him going in the second round i know he ended up going in the third round but I truly believed that he, he is a guy who is going to come into the league with his skill set and, and be a stud. Like Kellen Mond has the arm talent. He has the arm control, which I think is very important for a lot of guys in the league nowadays because we saw Josh Allen come into the league with his cannon arm, didn't have the greatest control over it. And now we're starting to see after three years, four, three years, right? 2018, three years ago. Mm-hmm. We're starting to see 
three years after he was drafted, him start to develop that that passing control, and he's now lighting the league up on fire. I think Kellen yeah, Mond already has great control over his arm, which is a cannon. Like you, like since before the fantasy football season, you were like, "Yeah, Kellen Mond is my guy." You have him in your thirty-two team dynasty. You have him in the other dynasty. Like mm-hmm. from to, like I, Texas A&M was a good team last year, and he was very talented coming out of the draft, and like. I remember that one year in free agency where Kirk Cousins signed that large contract. It was honestly between the Vikings and the Jets on who it would get. Them. It was. They they both and offer him fully guaranteed deals. And the, like huge guaranteed deals. And unfortunately, like the Jets weren't going to offer him a lot of money. Like they offered him a lot of money. But the Vikings, for some reason, had even more money to give him. Which like no, the Jets offered him more money. He just went to the Vikings because he didn't want to play for the Jets. You know what? That makes more sense as a Jets fan. Um, but um, <laughs> but honestly, like it is a lot of money. Like we were very shocked that the Vikings did have that type of money, and honestly, like it's smart for the Vikings, like you said, to have them like play through that large contract. And as soon as he plays through that large contract, he can enter Kellen Mond into that picture. Right. And they can't get rid of him because there's not really a team. We we had talked about this earlier a little bit. Um, can you name a team right now that is in the market for a starting quarterback? Because, yes, the Saints are technically, right? But I'm saying, like, long-term. A bunch of teams who just needed quarterbacks just got rookies. I could think of one team, and I was trying to get it in before Corey could say it, but yes, I could think of one team that is in for a long-term starting quarterback. Yeah, Denver, Detroit, maybe Houston. Um, who else? But yeah, they're going to have high enough pay. Washington, Washington, I don't know. Heineke cool. looks good, man. I was thinking Denver. Uh, mainly because I guess I was thinking of teams that are looking to compete. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, Miami has Tua. He's a young young guy. Uh, I, I guess you could say they are, but I would argue not. The Panthers just invested draft capital into Sam Darnold. I don't know. Uh, I, I think – but – there also needs to be a factor in there. And I'm, I'm sort of thinking of teams that also have cap space to pay Kirk cousins because that is, it's still a big contract. I think they gave him another extension. I'm looking up his, his contract again. Who said that way? Who? Kirk cousins contract. I'm pretty sure they gave him oh, another yeah, extension yeah, that only, I think so. Oh, yeah, he signed a two-year, sixty-six million dollar contract extension. Thirty-three million dollars. Getting another thirty-three million dollars. I'm trying to see when he's under contract to. I want to say it's only until like next year. Um, I feel like that would make more sense. Yeah, he's only under contract through next year, where he's getting paid thirty-five million dollar base salary plus a ten million dollar signing bonus. Wow. Um, so my point there was like, yes, 
Corey has pointed out a bunch of teams that need quarterback long-term, but only a couple of them are willing to, to, to compete and to get Kirk Cousins right now. How many of those teams, though, can pay $45 million next year for Kirk Cousins? Because he's getting a $10 million signing bonus on top of his base salary of $35 million. Yeah, there's no point. Like, as much like Kirk is going to have to restructure a new contract with a new, like, he might have to deal with being a backup, like, at some point. Be, like, even I mean, though, everyone is. Like, even though, like, like Corey said, like, the quarterback class is kind of ass this year. Like, Sam Howell, he's like, He's a good quarterback, but like he's his draft draft stock has dropped. Spencer Radler, we all we, we all know transfer that. portal, yeah, transfer portal. Next Jalen Hurts probably. Um, <laughs> like like you were saying, like all these quarterbacks that are supposed to be super studs, like they're not performing well in college, and like these NFL quarterbacks now have the chance to prove themselves like Sam Darnold, as an example, they, he has the chance to prove himself again, to have a solid spot on their roster as a starter on, especially on a competitive team. I agree. Um, I don't think, I don't know. I still think Sam Howell, could could end up being great. Like when I when I watch Sam Howell and when I watch his tapes, I don't know why, but I see kind of like a Justin Herbert-ish type guy. Like he's just a tall built guy with the big arm and the presence around him. And I'm not saying that he's gonna go and be the next Josh Allen or to be the next Justin Herbert, but I think he's a guy who has has the potential to, to really refine his skills once he gets to the NFL and, and take that step up because you look at what he does with North Carolina. He doesn't have the best line. He lost all of his good players and he's still out there throwing for 250 yards a game minimum. Like, honestly, like as much as you say, like he's not going to be the next Josh Allen. Like I could see him like not, he's not going to be as talented, but like he kind of has a game kind of like his, like you said, he's like, He's built, big arm. That's my comparison player. I didn't want to say it, but that's like literally who I compare him to. And like, I feel like if he if he was like if he was on a solid team, like like you were saying, like if he was on the Denver Broncos right now, he has the weapons, he has the young talent to maybe at least take him to a wild card their first year. He'd be a mm-hmm. good quarterback there. Now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah, Howell is going to be a first-round pick. I think he's the first quarterback off the board almost unanimously. Um, and, you know, Corey with his, Spencer Radler, his name being called. Um, I hate I hated Spencer Radler because he reminded me too much. Buddy, you could keep dreaming. I really yeah, hope for you, my guy. I hope. Second coming of Peyton Manning. Second coming of Peyton Manning. Um I don't know, man. Just going back to Kirk Cousins and Kellen Mond to answer out Corey's question. I think between Kellen Mond's ability to have the arm control and his ability to, to to shoot the ball downfield, and I didn't even talk about his legs, but that dude is an athletic guy. Like he is able to extend plays. He can recorrect his stance and his throw. Um, 
<laughs> I mean, I'll help for you, man. I really do. Peyton Manning 2.0, but with Rodgers. Um, but but Mond, he he's able to get out of the pocket, recorrect his feet, and and fire a good ball even when he's out of the pocket on the run. I mean, Kellen Mond, I think, has the potential to to come into the league and, and break the game with Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen. Uh, what is it? KJ Osborne, I think is his KJ name. KJ Osborne. The boy Tyler Conklin. Tyler Conklin. Delvin uh, Cook behind him. I mean, yeah, Alexander man. Madison, who's very talented as well. It, yeah, like he just, there's so much talent that Kirk is just wasting there. And we've seen this now. How long has Kirk been a, a Viking? Has it been four or five yeah, years? Like three, four, five years. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. it's 2017 was his franchise years, tag. Yeah. yeah. So 2018 to 2021, this is now four years that we're working with, with Kirk cousins. And yes, they did make it to the NFC championship game. But again, we talked about it. it it's not because of what he did. It's because the saints messed up. Um, Kirk cousins is wasting the careers of all of these young talents around him. Um, all right, Corey, thank you, brother. We will catch you next time. Hopefully, uh, we'll have you on. But thank you so much. We're about to wrap it up as well, I'm pretty sure. Um, thank you, brother. We'll catch you another time, man. Thank you. Um, we like Four or five years with Kirk Cousins now. I think it's just time to shake it up. Give Kellen Mond a shot because I think he's he could be end up being something special. Honestly, like I, I – I 100% agree, but I just feel like now is not the time. Like, as much as, like, the Vikings – like, the Vikings are at that iffy spot right now. Like, I feel like they should just ride out this season. I mean, Maybe, yeah, like, when I say, you know, shake it up, give it a shot, I don't mean midseason where they're actually contending for the NFC North somehow. Um, I, I meant at the end of the season, try and move Cousins. Yeah, no, that's not a bad idea at all because – by the time, like, Kellen Mond will be ready to come into the league and make an impact, like, just by, like, just by that one year, learning from Kirk, seeing his receivers, getting to know them, and by the next, by the time next year, I, I personally expect the Vikings to be a better team. Yeah, post-Kirk Cousins, I think they're going to be good. Um, Sal, did you have anything else from this week's games that you want to touch on? You want to maybe give us a little, your insight for Monday night tonight? Um, two teams that are very well known. A lot of Giants fans down by where we are around New Jersey when we're there. Um, plus it's in New, plus it's at MetLife Stadium. So I'm expecting a packed house today. Um, Giants fans are probably going to make an impact, but like I feel that Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey are going to be a connection tonight that the Giants are probably not going to be able to stop. I feel like it's going to be like a one or two score difference, but I feel like the Chiefs will probably come out on top. I mean, I hope it's not Travis Kelsey because Dan, I'm trying to beat Dan. I'm the I'm the undefeated slayer. Really? Yeah, if I because I beat Anthony last week and Dan in shit show, um, he's undefeated and I currently I have Sterling Shepard to his Kelsey in a nine point lead. 
okay. Well, I have a nine-point lead, I should say. I have shepherded a nine-point lead to his Kelsey. Interesting. But in another league, in Tav, uh, too bad Corey just left. Um, in, in the Tav league, I need Shepard to score less than eight. So okay. we're hoping awesome. Kelsey gets hold to like 10 and Shepard can get like five. That's yeah. the best of both worlds. So I think that's going to wrap it up for us today. We went way longer than I was expecting it. Sal, thank you so much for coming on and staying on the full two hours with us. Um, hoping that you'll be back on more frequently and more often. Maybe one weekend we are, uh, Justin and I are talking about getting about three or four people on. We'll have five or six of us just sitting there talk about our fantasy teams, even though that's a lot of people. Um, <laughs> do you have anything to say to anyone before I close us out? Adrian Peterson, I'm expecting a resurgence on the Titans since you just worked out with them. But I besides that, Michael so Carter's well. the MVP. Go Jets. <laughs> all right. And as always, it's Go Dogs for me. Thank you all so much for watching. Tune in next time. I think it's going to be Friday with Justin and the guys for uh, the betting show and the pick on podcast. Thank you so much. Brody Rams. Let's go dogs.